You've got to have fun in church with kids staying in here. All right, we're blessed to have you guys. Today, we want to just welcome anyone that's joining us on the live stream at this moment or in the future. How is the future next Thursday you're watching? I hope you're having a great day. It's sunny out today. Maybe it's raining when you're watching this. Anyway, God bless you as you uh, join us today. As I uh, thought about the family service, uh, a while back I just had this um, kind of this thought and, and this illustration that goes along with it of building a strong foundation. And in our families, um, especially today, but honestly for all of mankind, like uh, for all time, uh, we need to have a strong foundation in your family, what you believe and what you're passing on to your kids and um, there's numerous statistics that show, you know, we're just a generation away as we go and go and get further away from the Lord, not reading our Bible. If we're not passing that on to our kids, they grow up never reading their Bible. It's not a priority to them. And then they go on to their children and their children have never seen a Bible so then they're like, oh, oh, what's a Bible? And so if you can understand how passing on the, uh, your faith to your children uh, can help to pass it on to theirs. And if you don't do it, they're probably um, going to be le- less likely to have it and pass it on to their kids. And you can see um, even 20 years ago, there was a statistic of, um, in youth ministry anyway, of just students not reading their Bibles, not having a general knowledge of uh, the scripture, and that we are one generation away from Bible illiteracy. And so it's scary when you think about it. Um, a lot of us can quote scripture. How many of our children can quote scripture? How many of grandchildren? And so it's really important, and God's kind of placed that um, on my heart for the church, I don't know uh, exactly how I can incentivize you to memorize scripture, but that's something that God has been uh, challenging me to do more of and um, memorizing scripture. And somewhere in the back of my head, I have tons of it from when I was a child. But when you don't practice, when you're not you putting it into use and, you know, and you get older, you know, Uh, you might lose it. So uh, you want to keep working on that. And so uh, today's message, I have a couple different illustrations that kind of help the kids since they're in service this morning and just helping us to see uh, what building, using the parable of the wise builders, one who built on the rock and one who built on the sand and how important it is to build a strong foundation and hope that you uh, can think through today, no matter how old you are, if all your kids are gone from the house, you can still, you still need to be building on a firm foundation. A few weeks ago, I showed my expertise in farming, and today I'm showing my expertise in building and contracting. <laughs> Just kidding. I have no expertise in that. So I would invite the children to come up so you can have a better look at what's happening in our um, on the table today so if you want to sit on the front rows if you sit on the floor you probably won't be able to see it so maybe kind of sit on the front row here if you're taller hey buddy (laughs) you have a question already what's up dude we love legos you're never too old for legos 
Right, Ben is addicted to Legos. I love Legos, and I'm 43, 40, 44, ooh, 44. And so, anyway, so I'm going to read from uh, Matthew 7:24. Uh, Matthew 7:24 um, is our parable. I'll tell a little more detail about it in just a few moments, but let's kind of go through this. Jesus is speaking, and he says, therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Okay, this is the rock. This is our house. This is our wise man. Um, Is that Green Lantern? I'm not sure who that is, but okay, so we're putting him. He built his house on the rock, a strong foundation. Oh, it's moving. Okay. All right, when the winds came... I have my wind, okay? Uh, He goes on to say, what's up, buddy? Oh, wait, wait. You can have it later. You can have it later. Okay? Um, Who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, and we're using a pitcher. I was out of town, but I heard you got a a lot of rain one day last week, kind of like this. It just poured for like an inch an hour or something like that. Okay, the rain came down, the wind blew. Everybody make a wind sound since you can't hear the fan. Okay, is it on high? Probably not. There we go, there we go, there we go. Okay, the wind blew, the rain came, and it beat against the house. Ah, what's happening? Nothing, right? Is that awesome or what? Okay. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. I'm sorry, you look like Chris Pratt. Uh, Star-Lord, you are the foolish man today. You built your house on the sand, okay? And when the rain came uh, and the winds blew, oh, no. Uh, What happens? It stays standing. Uh, That's not what's supposed to happen. (laughs) I practiced it. There we go. There we go. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he's okay. He's okay. All right. Um, the streams rose and the wind blew and it beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. Okay. Jesus gives us this very important principle. It may be silly when you use uh, Legos. Um, But the principle is true. We could dump all this water on here and make a big mess and the house would stay. And it's not glued, I promise. It's sitting on the rock, right? And the problem with the sand is there's nothing uh, underneath it to hold it together. There's nothing holding the sand uh, together. So when the storms came in and the life blows Um, issues and problems come, uh, it knocks over our house. But the person who has a strong foundation on the, and we're going to read what that means today. We listen to the words of Jesus and all of his teachings. 
we build up a strong base, a strong foundation that's not going to knock us over when the storms of life come. All right? Amen. Okay, you guys can go back to your seat. Thank you. I got my notes all wet. That's fun. The storms of life messed up my notes. Just kidding. (laughs) So the overarching goal of Bethel Assembly of God is to help you build that strong foundation. Okay? Uh, It's a general statement, and our ministry vision is more in depth, but when you come to church for service or when you come to a study group, when you go to a kids church, when you're in youth group, whatever, whatever it would be, wherever there's a ministry happening, even in a fun uh, fellowship moment, you're building a strong foundation so that you can stand strong as a follower of Christ and during the storms of life. So today I want us to dig a little deeper to see exactly what Jesus meant uh, by this parable of the builder. With this parable in Matthew 7, uh, and I th- it's on the screen, yep. And so in this parable, Jesus is concluding his Sermon on the Mount. If you kind of pull out your Bible, back up a couple chapters, 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew is this long sermon um, that he's been teaching about a lot of different topics that you would recognize, the Beatitudes, or I've heard them called the Blessed Attitudes, uh, Salt and Light, the Fulfillment of the Law, Murder, Adultery, Divorce, Oaths, uh, teaching about an eye for an eye, Love for our Enemies, Giving to the Needy, Prayer, Fasting, uh, Storing up Treasures in Heaven, Worry, judging others, uh, prayer is in like ask, seek, and knock, the narrow and the wide gates. Um, he teaches about true and false prophets as well as true and false disciples. And lastly, the wise and foolish builders. So as you're looking through your Bible, yours may be uh, labeled with all of those uh, different topics, Okay. It was uh, probably his longest uh, dissertation as, uh, as he was ministering, at least what we have recorded for us. And so this last parable, as he's kind of wrapping it all up, okay, and he has a short conclusion. Some pastors and preachers, when they say, uh, in conclusion, man, they're just getting started. So Jesus is uh, ending it pretty concisely. And he says that, Everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. When you look at the word for does these or puts them into practice, it's the Greek word uh, poieo, and it means to follow one and the same mind or purpose. So Jesus isn't just saying, if you do what I tell you to do, what I've advised you to do, if you follow these, uh, you'll have a strong foundation. But literally, if you will follow me, if you'll follow him and have the same mindset, the same purpose uh, as he does, um, that's how we can build a strong foundation. Jesus is illustrating the great 
uh, difference between hearing and doing, okay? As a parent, I now, I really understand uh, the difference. Growing up, maybe not so much. My, I was a perfect child, for one, but my mom and dad may, may not agree with that. But um, they would ask us to do something, ask me to do something. Kevin, mow the lawn today. Kevin, clean your room today. Kevin, uh, when I get home from work, these dishes better be washed, right? And I would just sit there. I might be in the same spot I was when my mom left for work and she would say Kevin did you hear me yes I heard you all right I knew what she was asking I heard her telling me uh, what I needed to do but I didn't do what she wanted me to do kids Do you see the difference? I know us parents and us old, we understand the difference. But children, do you understand the difference? If we tell you or ask you nicely to do something, you hear it. Sometimes the old saying, it goes in one ear and out the other, like, oh, whatever, okay? So Jesus uh, is trying to get this point across that we must do, we must um, put these into practice. His brother, James, who wrote the book of James towards the end of the Bible there. Jesus' brother James in chapter 1, verse 22, he reinforces Jesus' teaching. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Okay? So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, he says, we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. We've kind of used that illustration recently. And then he says, you are God's building. Verse 10, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. And the word day is capitalized as the judgment day, the end time. Paul is referring to the church in Corinth and uh, saying that multiple people helped to start that church. And so he's saying we laid the foundation and others are building on it um, but the foundation is Jesus Christ each one should build with care to keep Jesus the foundation uh, of that church and it's the same in our personal lives we build a foundation and we need to keep it that way and keep building on it and keep it strong later in Ephesians Uh, Paul writes again in Ephesians 2.19, and he implores us that we need Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in our foundation. In him, the whole building is joined together and it rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. 
a chief cornerstone, and again, I'm not an expert, okay, but it's the start of the building. If you're cornerstone, it's that big part that sometimes has an engraved um, Bethel Assembly built 1782 or whatever it would be, right? And that's the cornerstone of the building. If that's crooked, you build the whole building crooked because you're going off of that cornerstone. That cornerstone uh, is what you're building the rest of the building on, uh, off of and up onto. And so if that cornerstone isn't built right, the rest of the building won't be built right. And you'll probably end up on your side just like the guy that built in the sand. So can we establish today that Jesus needs to be the rock foundation that we build our lives on? Amen. Going back to his quote in Matthew 7, 24, Jesus says, everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice. What did Jesus teach? What did Jesus teach about? That's a very big question. If you're thinking, is this a trick question? No. Uh, He taught a lot. Start thinking, what did Jesus teach about? Okay, what did Jesus teach? What were some of his lessons? Okay, he isn't just, when he says this specific statement, he's not just talking about his sermon on the mount that he had spent probably an hour preaching through, uh, teaching them different topics. He wasn't just referring to that. He's referring to all of his teachings, okay? So for the rest of this service, we're going to look at every single lesson uh, that Jesus taught, and hopefully we'll be done by 5 o'clock tonight. No, just kidding. We're not going to do that, okay? Um, But we're going to summarize his teachings uh, to get a basic, a very basic understanding of his fundamental teachings. If you could place all of Jesus' teachings in certain categories, you can put him in however many categories you want to. I personally put him into three, and it's kind of hard to say, well, how can you put all of Jesus' teachings in three categories? How can you do them in five? How can you put them in ten? Okay? So this is uh, uh, my way of teaching you the basics of what you need for a strong foundation, okay? The first category would be the kingdom of God. Do I? No, I don't put them. Okay. Um, so I, the three categories are the kingdom of God, love, and faith. All of his teachings somehow fall under those three categories. Um, you could probably get more um, focused and, and more specific and break them into uh, further categories than that. Um, he taught on everything, pretty much. If, there's, if you have a question on something, Jesus had something to, to teach about it, okay? So we're going to look at those three, uh, those three categories, the kingdom of God, love, and faith. When we are focused on building a strong foundation in our life, we need to focus on these. First is the kingdom of God. Some, uh, this includes when it says the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes, uh, you know, different authors were using the same term. So there, uh, when Jesus says the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, um, we're putting those in the same category. At first in Matthew 3, 
verse 2, John the Baptist uh, prepared the way for Jesus by preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Was it near as in five to ten miles away? Um, how was it near? No, Jesus had been born, and at Christmas time, we'll learn uh, John the Baptist was born about the same time, okay? And John the Baptist prepares the way for Jesus. He's been preaching, and he's been telling them uh, to repent, that they need to be baptized. That was kind of a newer teaching um, compared to the old law, okay? And so something new is happening, and it's the kingdom of God, and it's the Messiah that's coming, and John the Baptist is preparing the way. Jesus uh, was born, and he was about to begin his ministry time, and we could say the kingdom of God had physically come to earth when Jesus was born. God, from heaven, sent to earth in human uh, form, brings the kingdom of God to the earth. On a side note, uh, when we talk about the kingdom of God, it all, it's, it's happening, but it also hasn't happened yet. So we refer to the kingdom of God in, in the end times too, that uh, we're going to go to heaven. Um, Jesus is going to return and rapture us. So we're going to go to heaven. Um, that's the kingdom of God too. Like I said, it's a very broad subject and we'll, uh, um, we'll be preaching on the end times in a, in a little while. Uh, kind of teach you about those things, but um, that part of it, um, the, by me saying the kingdom of God is here on earth, Jesus brought it, um, it's also in the future when we uh, spend eternity in heaven, okay? If you want to pinpoint the moment that the kingdom of God had physically come to earth, I would suggest that Jesus' baptism, that when he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove, and God the Father speaks from heaven, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. We have a picture of the Trinity all, all together at that moment. We could say the kingdom of God is there, is on earth, and it's Still, as God, uh, as Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's uh, moving on earth today, uh, moving through us. We're going to learn uh, the kingdom of God is within us. We'll talk, I'm jumping ahead of myself, so let's back up. The Jews knew that the Messiah would come. They were waiting for him to establish his kingdom reign. Okay, What they had in mind was exactly how Rome and other nations, how their kings uh, reigned. But Jesus' reign was totally different. The kingdom of God that he brought to earth was different than an earthly king's kingdom. God's kingdom has so much power and has so much authority. It involves ways of living and personal identification. You are a child of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, we learned in Romans, you're a child of God. You're part of the kingdom of God. Shortly after uh, his baptism, John is arrested, but Jesus proclaims the same thing that John had been. So now Jesus makes the quote, repent 
for the kingdom of God is near. Jesus brought the kingdom of God, and when he taught about it, some uh, 50 to 75 different sayings in the gospel, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John quote uh, and use the word kingdom of God many different times, okay? He establishes the kingdom of God in, in these ways. The kingdom of God is not an earthly kingdom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. That's John uh, chapter 13, verse 36. This might be the easiest part of the kingdom of God when we teach about the kingdom of God. It might be the easiest part to understand okay, that, the, that heaven up there somewhere okay, is heaven. That's the kingdom of God. Okay, and we can understand that uh, those who pass away, who are followers of Christ, we're going to spend eternity in heaven. Okay, we can understand that. It's not an earthly kingdom. Some people believe that uh, the resurrection's already happened and this is heaven, okay? And the kingdom is uh, this. Uh, uh, I don't know how you can live in this world and think that this is heaven and this has already taken place, but, okay? The kingdom of God is not an earthly kingdom. Believers participate in bringing the kingdom to earth. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, this then is how you should pray. Jesus teaches us how to pray. And what does he say? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've memorized, talk about memorized scripture. That's probably, besides John 3, 16, everybody knows that. But just this portion is a great sermon in itself, and I, uh, I'm going to try to shorten my notes because it's already going to be kind of long, but um, this is a powerful concept to understand. When you're praying, we memorize this prayer as a child, and we recite it in church, and uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. What are you praying? Do you understand what you're praying? That the kingdom of God would come to earth? We failed to tap into the power that is in that little statement. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can understand that our will needs to align with God's will. But what about praying that his kingdom will come. You are literally asking God to send his power, his authority to be unleashed here on earth. It is how healings take place. It's how miracles take place. It's how the spiritual gifts are used through us. It's how the captives are set free. Jesus taught Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There's so much to that statement. It's not just a, oh, that's a fun little way to say it. People who are, uh, who are possessed, who are trapped, who are bound can be set free. Spiritual warfare is one because the kingdom of God 
has been, is today, and will be brought to earth through us believers. I'll kind of end my little spiel there, but uh, it's a powerful, powerful teaching. If you can uh, read more about it, learn more about it, most importantly, pray and ask God, what does it mean when I'm praying for the kingdom of God to come? What am I asking for? It's powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. The kingdom of God is here now and in the future, and it's brought through believers. I, I want to keep going, but I, uh, you need to focus on this message. The kingdom of God, last, uh, there's two more. The kingdom of God, which is eternal, is more important than that which is temporal, okay? Temporary. Jesus said, seek first, what? The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. A huge principle to learn as a Christian is that we need to seek first the kingdom of God. There are a lot of things that we seek or that we place in priority before God. And this verse could be the one summary of of this entire sermon on how to build a strong foundation. If you want to build a strong foundation, seek first the kingdom of God. Humble ourselves. There's There's so much to that. Last part of the kingdom of God. It is constructed in a person's heart and mind. Once on being, this is in Luke 17, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, that's what they were always focused on. They thought it was going to be an earthly kingdom. Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, oh, here it is. Oh, there it is. There's a kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's within you. We often will say when someone wants to repent of their sins and become a believer, a follower of Christ, that they ask Jesus into their heart. Have you asked Jesus into your heart? Have you asked Jesus into your heart today? And as a child, I don't know, how how does a person come into my heart? How does a God come into my heart? But I kind of grew up with that uh, saying as well, but... What I believe it comes from is this verse, okay? This is one reference of why that is said. When believers decide to seek the kingdom of God first, to repent of their sins, they commit to follow him, you are giving God the authority in your life. You are allowing him to rule and reign in your life, okay? All of these are really deep and really powerful. That's why Jesus taught so much, but I gotta, I'm trying to do an overview here. But we'll close the point of the kingdom of God with Matthew 19, 14. Okay? It's a family service. Children are in here. This is an awesome verse. Uh, Jesus is sitting and he's talking with kids and the Pharisees, the old stuffy guys are like, get away, get away, get away, go play with whatever, go jump in the ocean, whatever, get away from here. And Jesus stops them 
And he says, no, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Whoa. So there, uh, Jesus is blowing the minds of the Pharisees and the disciples. They're trying to shoo away the children. And Jesus says, they are the kingdom of God. It belongs to them. There's no age limit when it comes to God. There's no, um, Jesus made it a point to declare to everyone that day that even uh, little children come. The kingdom of God belongs to them. Everything that is from, uh, about the kingdom, from the kingdom, for the kingdom of God belongs to everybody, okay? And, and um, it's a powerful lesson and a powerful concept, and I flew through it in five or ten minutes. Uh, all of these points could be uh, uh, lots of lessons to be taught from those, but Jesus taught on the kingdom of God. Second category he taught on is love. The second category of Jesus' teachings would be on love. What did he say is the greatest commandment, children? What's the greatest commandment Jesus said? Do you know this? Anyone? I'll give you one of Ben's Legos. Just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. Okay? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind, with all your soul. This is the first and greatest commandment. What's the second one now that I've kind of helped you with that? What's the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? The Pharisees, the, the people there, they've been um, talking about what the greatest commandments are and they turn to Jesus. What's the greatest commandment? Well, love the Lord your God and love everybody else as yourself. And in verse 40, so this is found in Matthew 22, he says, all the law, everything that had been taught, all the things that God has taught you before now, all the things the prophets have spoken to you, have brought to you, so everything, all the law, all the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus did my job today for this category, uh, making it easy to know, okay, one of his major categories is love. If everything, everything hinges on these two commandments, love, love God, love others. If we summarized his teaching on the kingdom of God with seek first the kingdom of God, then we can summarize all his teachings on love with love God, love others. It's probably easier to understand uh, than the kingdom of God, but for emphasis, allow me to expound on how and who we should love. Jesus taught us to love our enemies, love those who persecute us, forgive those who hurt us, that's love. Hatred towards others is like murder, you're probably thinking, I thought love was all about rainbows and butterflies. Okay, well, we'll try this. He taught us that it's better to serve others than to be served ourselves. 
He taught us that the last will be first. Okay, this, uh, that's all love too. Yeah, that's love too. He did teach us to help the poor. He taught us to have compassion like the Good Samaritan. Well, we understand. That's easy to understand how that's love. He taught us to tell others about Jesus. That's love. Praying for others. Treating others how you want to be treated. Everything Jesus taught about how we are to deal with people is summarized by love. Love. Love one another. The third category of Jesus' teachings is faith. This is another broad term like the kingdom of God. When we talk about faith in our uh, current sermon series on faith, uh, I kind of referenced how you know, there's so many different uh, meanings to when you say the word faith. But my current series is focused on how our faith can move the hand of God to see our prayers answered. But faith also refers to our beliefs, our theology. Um, theology is a, is a big word for the study of God. All of us study God. All of us have our thoughts and beliefs of God. So when, if someone were ever to ask you, what's your theology? They're just saying, what do you think about God? Who is God to you? Okay. Jesus taught that the way to the Father is through him. He taught trust in God, place your faith in, and trust in me also. Trust in God, trust also in me. When we use the word trust, we're talking about placing our faith into. He taught several times about prayer, the importance of it, how to pray, uh, he praised people for their faith to be healed or to be set free. We kind of looked at that in our faith series. He questioned people for their lack of faith. Why did you doubt? But in all of it, all of that, he was trying to teach us that faith in God, faith in the kingdom of God, I might add, moves mountains. One statement that summarizes Jesus' teaching on faith is found in Matthew 19.25. He says, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Now, you might think uh, that he is referring to faith that moves mountains. Oh, with, with man, that's impossible. With God, that's, nothing is impossible. All right? But he says, he makes this statement in response to the rich man wanting to know how to get eternal life. And the rich man goes away sad because Jesus tells him, this is my paraphrase, your faith is in your money, uh, your faith is in your belongings, it's in your riches, go sell everything you have and give it away to the poor, then you'll have eternal life, Okay. We don't get eternal life by selling all of our stuff and giving it to the poor and then sitting here waiting, you know, to go to heaven. <laughs> That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that um, that, that man, his, how could he inherit eternal life? That's what he's asking. 
And he's saying your faith is wrapped up in all your belongings. Your trust uh, is in what you have. You're relying on those things. And so the rich man walks away sad because, G, uh, because he didn't want to do all of those things. Jesus tells his disciples, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Whoa. And the disciples are just as astonished, my Bible says. They're astonished and they say, then who can be saved? And Jesus replies, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God makes our faith possible. Our faith to have eternal life, our faith to work miracles, God makes our faith possible. I'm going to conclude with one uh, final illustration. If ushers, if you could pass the red cups Um, We have a cup for everybody, and there's a label on there. You should have a pin in the chair in front of you. If it's not right in front of you, maybe uh, down the row a little bit. I want you to write on this cup any any lesson uh, that Jesus taught, anything that you've learned uh, from Jesus. Just one or two words. Don't write a long uh, you can write a long sentence if you want, whatever. We won't put stipulations on it. But just, just a one-word um, uh, lesson that Jesus taught, okay? You can do this uh, as a family, as a couple. Uh, if you're by yourself, fill out a, uh, something on the cup, okay? I have a cup here. When we think about our foundation, okay, what we're building on, all of what you're writing, all of those are uh, good lessons that Jesus taught, right, about our foundation. And then I'm going to have a helper come up who's been, who would like to help me. I promise you probably won't get hurt. Yeah, Jackson, come on up. Thank you. Okay? No, you won't get hurt. Okay? I'm going to show you a quick illustration about our foundation. Okay? This cup uh, is the foundation of sand. When we uh, build a foundation on money, like the rich man, or on things, on status, who we are, what we are, it's like we're building a foundation on the world. Okay? And this is, you're going to stand on this. Okay? Not right now. Okay? Okay? Uh, I don't know if you guys can see this, but I'm going to balance that on there. Okay? So, Jackson, uh, start back here. I want you to try to stand on the foundation of the world. Oh, don't do... Okay, that's awesome. It would have done that anyway, so... uh, But don't do that on the next one, (laughs) because that'll defeat the purpose. That's awesome, man. Stay right here. Stay right here. Okay? Okay, that's your foundation when it's built on the world, okay? Does everybody, did you all write uh, something on the cup? If you could send it up here uh, with one of the children in your family. I'm the baby of the family, so if you want to send it up with the baby of the family, or you can do that. Okay, I need you to set it in a row right across here, upside down. Yep, there you go. 
Okay, we have love, trust, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, love people. Uh, everything is possible when we put our trust in Jesus. Thank you, guys. Jesus, love. And make this a strong foundation for you. Love at all times. Thanks, buddy. Grace. Yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, self-control. Uh, <laughs> I can't read that. To be like Jesus. Patience, respect, believe, trust. Grace, mercy, forgiveness. That's a big one. Hey, buddy. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, Self-belonging. Faith. Put Jesus first and everything follows. That's a very good lesson. Be kind. Yes. Pray for others. Jesus is enough. Forgiveness. Okay. Any other cups? Okay. I apologize. Yeah. I, hey, there we go. Thank you. I thought there was some more. You can set that. Do not fear, trust in God. Okay, so basically I have the cups upside down, like a strong foundation, and then we're putting the board, the same board that smashed the other foundation. Jackson's going to step up, not jump, please. Wait, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. Okay, okay? So, you saw what happened to the first one, right? Okay? Step up slow. Okay? When we're built on a strong foundation, okay, we can stand on the same, it's the same cups, okay, but there's more of them because we've built all of this into our foundation. We're not based on the world or based on faith, on love, on the kingdom of God, okay? If you step down, this would probably, honestly, it would hold me, okay? Because it's a strong foundation, okay? I practiced that. I used styrofoam. <laughs> the styrofoam cups did not work, so these ones did. So Jackson, awesome. Thanks a lot for your help, buddy. You did great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steve, if you would come, we'll close up. So if you would stand with me. What I want to conclude with today is in your families, within your families and, and yourself, if you're, uh, you know, if your children are all gone away, if you're single, uh, this is for everybody. Um, but I kind of highlight the families because the children are in the room today. We need to be more intentional uh, with how we're building our foundation Okay, something that God has uh, pricked in my heart often through the years um, is that I just, I know how to be a Christian. I'm just going along with the flow. I'm, I'm reading my Bible, but not intentionally. I'm praying, but not intentionally. And if you pray uh, 20 minutes a day and you kind of have your 
routine, but man, you feel maybe you're in a rut. Man, pray longer. Pray differently. Pray, uh, pray specifically. If you could be more intentional with how you build a foundation. If I were an expert in building, I could tell you how precise they get when they're building a foundation. If you mess up any part of the process, any of the rebar you're placing down, the cornerstone we mentioned, any of that, it's going to mess up your whole foundation. We've all seen uh, buildings that become cracked and fall over because the foundation was rushed or it was um, not done right or whatever would be the case, right? When we build a strong foundation in our faith, in our hearts, in our lives, we're not going to fall uh, when the storms of life come. God doesn't dump a big uh, bucket of water on you to see if you're going to fall, okay? But when storms and situations in our life come along, um, they can knock us down. And if we're not rooted firmly in our faith, man, it could take us out. And we don't want that. We want to be intentional. You be intentional in your homes uh, with your children. What foundation are you uh, laying for them? What example are you being for them that they would grow up with a strong foundation as well? Okay? We're going to sing uh, on the solid rock because that's a perfect song uh, for today. And if you'd like prayer, uh, you could come forward. If you'd like a prayer as a family, bring your family forward. We're just going to close with this song in just a a minute or two of prayer, and then we can be dismissed. Mm